listening to Passion Pod 4 with Alexandra Martinelli of La Piadina Pronta. So, I'm half Italian, half English, born and brought up in South Africa and Zimbabwe, um, and then I've worked in the TV and music industries. And I've always had a passion for food. Comes with the Italian territory. Yeah. And my grandparents, it's probably fair to say they are obsessed with food. It's not necessarily about making anything fancy. They've always taught me like the best way to make tasty food is by using simple, fresh ingredients. They are from the Emilia Romagna region of Italy, which is in the north. And if you ask any Italian, that is kind of food central. One of the specialities of the region is the piadina. Your passion pod. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about your passion pod. Well, we've got a stall that we started running once a week on Brick Lane that sells piadina, which is essentially an Italian flatbread. Where did the seed of this really mm. start from? There's always been that niggling feeling of something like, I want to do something food-based. When I went over to my grandparents last year, when I was with my nonna, she was showing me all her recipes. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are fantastic. I need to share these. And I, I love them. I love trying them out. You know, I want to start a restaurant. And then... In reality, starting a restaurant is just not feasible. You can't just start a restaurant, you know. You have to scale it down and start small. And then I started thinking the Piedina idea. You know, test the market out, see if it's actually worth investing all the time and money in. So we do, we trade in the indoor food market on Brick Lane every Sunday. There's loads of different food stalls there. So give us the lowdown on what Piedina actually is. The piadina is an Italian flatbread. It reminds me quite a lot of a quesadilla. Is that a really, like, blasphemy to say to Italians? But it's, you know, it's that kind of flatbread with a filling and sort of exactly. squidged and down. And squidged down. That's exactly it. Filled with, it can be anything really, like parma ham, buffalo mozzarella, tomato, um, or salami. Uh, we do it with a stracchino cheese, which is a creamy cheese. Oh, that was delicious. Okay. That was the one I tried. Yeah. That was so good. I'd never tried that before. And I that tomato paste well. that you put in. Yeah, now that, the tomato paste is, it's called capugliato. It's a Sicilian paste. It's basically just a mix of sun-dried tomatoes with olive oil and basil. That's our kind of secret ingredient. Your ingredients are all from Italy, aren't they? That's something you're really, really intent on with your passion pod. They're all sourced from Italy. Everything we get is direct from suppliers over there. So, for example, like, we obviously use parma ham, like, from the region of Parma. Because you can buy parma ham that's not from Parma. It's the same kind of thing, but it just doesn't have the same taste and you can't, it's not certified. Oh, wow, okay. But what was interesting is for like the second or third week, my granddad found a parma ham in Italy, which was a lot cheaper than what we'd normally buy it for. Because obviously you have to consider the costs of everything. Yeah. But he hadn't actually tried it, but he thought, let's give it a go. And he sent it over to us and it just didn't have the same taste at all. And I wasn't happy to serve that. Yeah, you could get away with selling this. But that's not good enough for me. I'm not, I don't want to just get away with selling it. I want people to really enjoy it and come back. And recognise you for that. Yeah, and, and interestingly, because that morning, we didn't use it. But we got towards the end of the day and we'd run out of the good parma ham. So we made a couple with the one that uh, my granddad had sent over. And the one guy who we gave it to, he came back after he'd eaten it and he was like, it was really good, but it was a bit too salty. 
Wow. Was he Italian? No. <gasps> he was German. That's they know their hands. But that, like... I... Oh, so you must have been so annoyed about that. Yeah. But then that's a great lesson for you to it learn. It was good, in a way. You know, it's good to get everyone's feedback. as ever. And the thing is, most of the time, I've had really good feedback from people. They've really enjoyed it, and they come back and they tell us. For this guy to come back, I was so reserved to even serve it to him. But then we thought, no, we've obviously, you know, we've got to make up the money, yada, yada. Can you talk a bit more about how the Piadina stalls actually sort of set up? Ideally, we'd like to be able to make the bread, you know, on the spot. But we don't have the facilities to do that now. We don't have the space. or So we import all our bread from Italy. And we have two hot plates and big parma ham cutter. So I'm there. I, I have the two hot plates and Dad does all the meat cutting. And it's, it's, you know, it's quite simple. The thing is, it's not... When I look around and I look at all the other stalls, they have all their food already there. It's all prepared. It's all cooked up in the, and it's just... You know, you literally go, can I have that, that, that? And they sort of, you know, dish it up and there you have it. With ours, it's a bit different because we're making it on the spot. So we, we're warming up the piadina, we ask them what they're filling. So if they want parma ham, dad then slices the parma ham. And, um, it's nice for the people who are buying it though, it's more of an interactive experience. I know that yeah. sounds crazy. The only concern I have is that, you know, are we making people wait? too long because do you think that's your biggest challenge with what th- you're actually doing yeah i think it is it's like because obviously there's so many other options around there i'm scared that while i'm making it i might be losing some people the first week i hadn't properly thought about the whole presentation of the store i think i've just wanted to make sure i had all the ingredients and stuff so now i've got someone at the front of the store doing giving out free tasters and that is the best thing and i've said to dad I think we need to start pre-cutting the meat and have it ready there. But actually, I think it's actually an appeal. There is, again, coming back to the whole like taste and you know the importance of the ingredients, is that if you do pre-cut the meat, it's not going to have that freshness or the same taste as whereas if you cut it there on the spot and have it laid straight on the pedina. I just love it. Like, the Italian level of care of the food. It's like a whole new world. I love my food. troubles in the family. <laughs> How do you make it financially doable? Is this the only sort of income that you have, this Piadina stall? Well, at the moment, I'm still at EMI, but I've just handed in my notice, so... Wow, so that's a big decision. Yeah, you know, as tempting as it was, just to... Like, I would have loved to have just handed in my notice and then started the market stall. It just wouldn't have been feasible financially. So I, that's why I started on a Sunday, which is a weekend, kept my day job, and I have actually realised that it is quite viable and the, that we are making money. Not loads, but, you know, it's looking positive. You know, it's a big risk, but I'm still going to be making sure that during the week I've got, I'm doing freelance work whilst focusing on this. Because obviously, because this is my main passion, I have to dedicate time to it. So it is financially viable, but you know, you just have to, to make something work. You Maybe I have to cut back in other areas. I'm willing to sacrifice, I don't know, like holidays or... Because... Oh, you're sacrificing your Sundays. I mean, it's a well, Sunday yeah, market. Yeah. But actually, you know, when you're really wanting to do something... You do. It's easier when you believe in it. What's the future for your passion, Bob, for the next six months or so? I'm going to carry on doing Sundays. I'm, I'm investigating lunchtime markets as well. Oh, great. Yeah, and people are always looking for different lunch options. I remember a food market coming to where I used to work and mm. the excitement around the office when they knew that that was there. Really? Yeah, yeah, because it saves your normal supermarket sandwich or yeah. and it really helps build a customer base. And I imagine that for you is, you know, making it more of a brand is, could Definitely. only be a good thing. Yeah. 
that's what we're kind of focusing on now is building more of a brand identity building a bit more of a hype you know you get all of these like a uh, meat wagon for example who you know they literally were a cart and selling hamburgers but they they've got managed to create this enormous hype and this following and now they're a, they're a restaurant in central london i think even like innocent smoothies i know they started off in a i think it was at some festival where they were giving tasters out at a stall and they had a sign saying do you think we should give up the, our day jobs but people were trying it and they had two bins and it was either yes or no. That is brilliant. Yeah. It's a massive inspiration. And so that, you know, it's the whole vibe around it. That's what I'm trying to work on now. Because there are so many street markets nowadays. It's become very trendy. So it's really like establishing an identity for yourself. I thought about trying to look into hiring a space. The thing is, it's all about the location. Lots of people I've spoken to who have opened restaurants or done something similar, you know, they're further down the line. The main thing that they've said is it's all about location. Now, finding somewhere around East London would be ideal, but it would be a huge amount of rent that I couldn't afford. Recently, um, as you know, your first Passion Pot interview that you did with Rania Jamali, who set up The Last Refuge in Peckham, you kindly hooked me up with her because she was looking to open a cafe eventually in the long run. So that's been a fantastic hookup because she's interested in us kind of moving into that space. So would that be a sort of permanent residency? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, that's kind of the next step up for any market trader. We won't just be like another sandwich bar, you know. I want to be, we'll, we'll be involved in something that's a bit more than that, hopefully. You know, the space in Peckham during the day, it's rehearsal space. And then in the evenings, when there's either theatre performances or music gigs, um, you can grab a bite to eat as well. And the good thing about Piedina is that it is perfect for either lunchtime eating or the evenings as well, because it's not its not just a sandwich. its I like to think, you know, it's more than that. It's um, Well, because it's warm, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's warm, exactly. And it is very filling. What do you think your biggest challenge is now? We know that the food's good. But it needs to be more than that now. I need to just get our name out there. But it's a staged process, isn't it? Because to start with, you have to make sure you've got something that's tangible. That seems to be working well. The formula seems to be, Mm. you know, ticking Mm. along nicely. And now's the time to progress. But you can't, you know, the way that you've approached it, I think, is how most people would. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is, you know, goes back to the whole, like, I'm starting at a market store. You know, the overheads are minimal. Like, then, you know, I'm paying for the rent and I'm paying for the produce. But that's what makes it doable, isn't it? Mm. I mean, that's what's so exciting is that you've got an idea for in the long term what you like, but you found something in the short term that's tangible, that you can do every week, that ticks that box for it you. It does. I don't know. And what, what is so... I mean, even though I have to get up early on a Sunday, I can't wait to do it. I have that excitement you know, I I can I feel it in my stomach. Like I'm excited to go out there and sell it. Oh, and, it's just you so know, lovely. It's, it's, and just to come back at the end of the day, wow! Like you know, I've done that. You know, I didn't actually think because I've always spoken a lot, but never actually followed it through. So it's great to see the whole idea sort of come to fruition. Really, there's a real essence in you about that that sense of achievement with this. Mm. Did that? Do you think that's something that you were lacking before? Yeah. Is it because it's my own thing? Like I'm, I've, I've got control of it. It's down to me to make sure it works. Basically, it's not anyone else's. It's mine, and I thrive on like starting things and seeing the end product. You know, it, I mean, it doesn't always work, but at least you know you try it. In the job I'm about to leave, it was very much 
I'm, I might come up with the initial idea, but the end result wasn't mine. I didn't feel like I had ownership. And it's the process. But I don't know if that's like a selfish thing. Do you know what I mean? I guess it's just what you thrive on. I think really. completely, and I don't think it's selfish at all. I think you have to find out what makes you tick, and that's yeah. different for everyone, isn't it? Are there any bits that you get sort of your passion pod energy from? You mentioned earlier about... I think the meat liquor thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, there's evidence that it can work. And I think, and I love the fact that I can share it with people. You know, I've I've always said, like, I'd love to take everyone over to my grandparents in Italy. But obviously that's not feasible. So I've just sort of said, you'll have to settle for me bringing a part of them to you guys here. But again, that's that thing of making it doable. It's all Mm. these things that you sort of wanted to do and it feels like a lot's come together in it. No, it really has. But also, I know my grandparents are so happy they love being involved my dad loves being involved my mom loves it as well you know my sisters have helped out it is a family thing i mean you know family's a big part of my life as well and you know my granddad's always said to me sell piadina in london introduce piadina to the english i mean and it's hysterical so actually doing it yeah it's quite it's really exciting is there anything you wish that someone had told you before you started doing this you yeah you've got to think about what the stall looks like. It's not just about the food and what you're selling. You need people to be attracted to it in the first place and the brand. Is there any practical advice you could give people how you actually went about setting up your stall? I think for me it's, you know, coming back to the whole idea about location. You know, if we were making serious losses now in a market stall with that many people coming... Because you've got the footfall, haven't you? You've got yeah, people there. And if you're not making money like that, as you say, there's something wrong. not quite right. There's something yeah. wrong. And as for other things, transport-wise, you know, when you're in London, it's an absolute nightmare trying to get anywhere around London unless, even if you have a car, really transporting all the stuff. So you kind of want to make sure it's within easy reach. Yeah, and I live in East London... It's just down the road. I've got images as well of you running over London with like boxes of cheeses and yeah. salamis on tubes. I mean, that is really relevant, isn't it? Where you oh position my God. yourselves. You really do have to take that into account. I mean, yeah, you've got to think about everything. Suppliers. I mean, our suppliers are in South London at the moment, but they deliver free of charge, you know, whereas I might have, I found a supplier not far from us here, but they will charge a fortune for delivery and it's two minutes away you know all these things you just really have to do your research do you think it's a lot of trial and error that how yeah i started off i mean i was buying cheese for 20 quid more than what i'm buying it now wow just because i hadn't looked far enough i should have you know what should you have done that was different isn't it just part of the learning part of the learning curve because you don't you try it out and because, like I said, you don't always, you don't, you're not thinking about that kind of thing until you've had your first day trading. You come home and you count the money and you're like, that's great, but we can do better. You phone around. And also, you know, you do have to be quite ballsy because they're all salespeople as well, selling you the stuff. So, you know, try and do a few deals. Wheeler dealer, yeah. check you out. Wheeler dealer, you need to do it. <laughs> and form a good relationship with them. With our supplier at the moment, they are fantastic. They had um, a certain type of piadina in, but I didn't like the one that he has. So I did research in Italy, and they, I found a really good supplier there. So I said to him, like, no, I found these guys in Italy. Can we get them delivered through you? So we've worked out a deal with him because, you know, it's obviously good for them as well. But it's important to have that relationship. So we've just got to try. I mean, who knows? It, it might not work, like, in the on a bigger scale or down the line. But I've got a good feeling about it, and that's what you've got to go with. You've just got to try it 
listening to Passion Pod 4 with Alexandra Martinelli of La Piedina Pronta.